For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to another week of the Believe in Miami Heat podcast. I'm joined once again by the champ, Norris Cole. The champ is here. We in the building. From Spain. What up, son? Just another week back at school, getting ready for the kids to come in uh, in about a week. So getting getting prepared for that. You're getting prepared for your season. And I, in a way, this is my season coming up pretty soon, too. So I know we're all in preparation mode. How's your first full week in Spain? Absolutely. Like you just said, you know, in preparation mode, I'm still, you know, getting settled in, still getting used to, you know, life out here. But, you know, I'm excited about this upcoming season. You know, the organization has done a good job making me, you know, feel comfortable out here. So I'm looking forward to what this season is going to bring. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest. The world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest is open now at Bet Online. If you want my advice... I would look at the Rams in week one. That would be my survivor pick. Maybe even the Dolphins. Great defense starting against Mac Jones in his first start. Head on to the website. Use your mobile advice. Sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of the opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Norris. So I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player and former Miami Heat player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. Maybe he's going to be your teammate. He's been taking a new product he owes credit to. What's that product? It's called Balance 7. Balance 7 is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's made specifically for athletes. It's great for your body, gives you an extra spring in your step, whether you're a professional athlete or just a guy like me trying to make it through men's leagues and, you know, get out for runs, things like that. Just your average Joe. See how Balance 7 can help you. It's worked for Lamar. It's worked for lots of athletes. Head to Balance7.com. Use the code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. BELIEVE for free shipping. Balance 7. Use that code BELIEVE for free shipping. I did. It worked for me. It worked for Lamar Odom. It can work for you, too. A couple things around the league. One of them heat-related. One of them is, you know, sort of an overall NBA topic. Before we get back into the reflecting on some of the heat stories that we did last week. So we'll start with talking about um, something that's kind of been dragging on. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is a member of the Miami Heat. We're all excited about that. We've talked about that before. And, um, you know, there is a little bit of that pending uh, investigation that really hasn't been announced, but we're not too worried about that. But one thing hasn't been announced, and that is his jersey number. And to some people, that is very, very important. Now, this gets interesting because – his jersey number just happens to be the same jersey number as Goran Dragic, who he was traded for. And, um, you know, it's it's 
probably something that a lot of people feel like Goran's number should go in the rafters someday. And so really? what do you think about that? Oh, let's, let's pump the brakes a second. Hold on. Let's, yes, please. Let's pump the brake. Rewind. Okay. Oh. So let's uh. take a step back for a second. So let's start with that then. Do you yeah. think that Goran Dragic's number seven jersey should hang from the rafters in Miami? No, I don't. And that's no offense to Gora, I mean, but no, I, I don't believe that. I mean, no no championships. You know I mean, I don't know. Is there any all-star appearances or all NBA selections or you know, I, no, I don't I don't believe so. And I and, that's, and I without that's no, like I said, that's no that's no offense to G to you know, obviously he, he was he was a very, very good player um for the Miami Heat and the the Heat Nation definitely loves him. You know, we love him here in Heat Nation, but I mean, Kyle Lowry's an all-star, all-NBA, Olympian guard. And if he won number seven, as long as it's not Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh's jersey or Alonzo Mourning, as long as he ain't wearing them numbers, I mean, he could get whatever number he want to get. You know, so I think you're right. I think that he has an all-star appearance, but it was when he was in Phoenix before exactly. he came to Miami. Exactly. You know, in an in a way, it's sort of a recency bias, I guess. You know, I've heard discussions about whether Goron or Tim Hardaway is the best point guard in Heat history. And come, come, come on, really? <laughs> People be having those. Come on, no, 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 no. People don't can't be having those type of really. Yeah, I'm. Hey, you you can find a you can find a lot of crazy things said on Twitter, but that that's something that's been argued by people that I would say have a a decent grasp and are fairly logical. I mean, you can find anything crazy on Twitter if you want, but. You know, I think last year's run obviously is a factor in both of these discussions. You know, whether he's the greatest point guard in Heat history and whether his number is retired. If you if you take away that finals run, and obviously, again, you've said it a couple of times, we're not saying this to diminish anything that Goran has done in the Heat uniform. He was a great player for the Heat, no doubt about that. But exactly. your number getting retired only happens for so many players. You know, it's not something that every good player gets we've had a a lot of good players in heat history and not all of them are going to have their jerseys retired it's it's something that's probably about last year you know the run that he helped us go on he was part of it he played great he was our leading scorer going into the finals so i mean and that's and that's very important and that's good that's what you're supposed to have on teams but when you start talking about not letting other players wear that number in retirement that's a whole different scale. And like I said, this is Kyle Lowry talking about NBA champion, multiple-time All-Star, Olympian. Like, his pedigree is different, even though it wasn't in our uniform. Like, his pedigree is, is different. And so unless unless it's Chris Bosh, number one, Dwayne Wade, number three, Big Morning, 33, unless it's one of them numbers that's retired already, you know, we, you know Kyle, what number you want to wear, you know? <laughs> If he say number seven, we want that same number seven that he was doing in Toronto, winning championships and all star appearances. That's what we want here in Miami. And I agree with you. I've I've kind of been on that on that same way of if he wants that number seven, I think you give it to him. Uh, even if you are going to retire Goran's number later, and I've heard people say, you know, it's not, not disrespectful, but in a way, it's it's something that should be preserved. But you know, I I think it's retired once it's retired. If he if he wants that number seven and wants to wear that in Miami, you give it to him. And and he wore 
I think it's one when he was at Villanova and he wore, I think three when he was at uh, high school here in Philadelphia, but one and three obviously are two numbers that are retired in Miami, Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade. So it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, that's, <laughs> it's what, one of what those goes things. Into, what goes into having your jersey retired? It has to be something significant. Like we all know UD's number 40 is going in the Raptors. He's the team all time lead rebounder. He played his whole career, one team here, his community outreach, like he's done multiple things to, to where he's like, okay, his number is going to be retired. Same thing with D-Wade, you know, best player, you know. You know, obviously Chris Bosh, you know, he did what he did. You know, 11 consecutive All-Star appearances, three straight – four straight NBA finals, all the – you know, he got accolades to show for it. And, like, what 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 goes into retirement that where you say nobody can wear number seven again? Well, I mean, if you're thinking about the list, obviously you said Udonis. I think that's a no-brainer when he's – finally hangs it up whenever that will be. It could be another 20 years and who knows, but right. you know, it's um, you know, LeBron's number six at some Absolutely. point once he's, you know, once he's retired, obviously that will get retired in Miami also, you know, the, the names that start coming out, I would say is like Glenn Rice is 41, you know, and in his time in the, in the mid to early nineties, I mean, he's a guy that before the morning era, before Riley came, but I mean, it turns into a point of like, you know, where, where do you draw the line? I agree. You know, it's, is it all-star appearances, is it championships, is it playoff births? What's, you know, overall impact? Yeah. It can't There's, be just cause you were really, it can't just be, you had a few good seasons. I mean, that can't be the requirement that, that cause he, cause Goran had really good seasons, like with the heat, very productive, really good season leading the team and scoring. But like, I'm trying to figure out what would be the case where, we bring in a superstar free agent like Kyle Lowry and he can't get his number. Like that's significant to me. If I'm an all-star, all, you know, champion, Olympian, a multiple time all-star and I go to a team and they tell me I can't get a number for a guy whose Jersey is not already retired. I'm going to feel some. And, and I don't think you can do it by years because if you just look at LeBron as the best example, four years in Miami, but you cannot, we can't debate the impact that he had, not just in those four years, but moving forward there's people today that are Heat fans because of LeBron being in Miami. There's many exactly. other reasons, you know. So, and you got you four can... straight finals. You got back to back MVPs. You got all type of records that were broke. You know, it, it was just it was just a whole saga, whatever you want to call it. Like it was a whole era. That was a uh, era that you could never forget in basketball history. So let me ask this then. Let me let's let's get away from the retirement of jerseys, but just the significance of a number. Like when I, when I was in high school, I wanted to wear number 33. The number wasn't available because we didn't have that uniform. We'd, we didn't have it like that where I went to high school. So I wore number 40 because my favorite heat player just before that was Kurt Thomas. He wore number 40. He was like an undersized power forward, kind of like played the way that I felt like I played. So I wore number 40 because of that. What, you know, what goes into the significance of a number? Like, have you worn the same number throughout your entire career since you were growing up? Um, since high school, once I got on varsity in 10th grade, I was number 30 and I've worn 30 ever since. And I've went one place since I've been pro that didn't let me wear number 30. I wore number three and I still performed well, but I, it bothered me every day that I didn't get my number. And like, and the only reason I didn't get it is because that country, the guy who played there, he was, he, you know, he was from that country. He, he wore that number since he was a kid. He played for that team since he was a kid and so they they didn't want to ask him not to have it you know in my mind i'm like i mean 
has he accomplished what I accomplished? But I understand, you know, he was a native from the country and everything. So I let that one go. But normally, number 30, if you don't got number 30, that could be a real hiccup in if I'm going to come out there or not. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's that's the kind of the, the direction I wanted to go is like it's a comfort level, you know. And, and, you know, like let's just hypothetically say Kyle walks in and they say, look, we're going to retire Goran's jersey so we can't give you number seven. Do you want the guy that you're relying on to be uncomfortable basically from the jump because of a number? You owe it to him. He's on the roster. He's on your payroll right now. Goran, you love him. You're going to honor him. You know, when he comes back, he's going to get that great uh, video homage and the the fans are going to stand up and clap for him. And obviously we respect what he did. But the number, if you allow it to be just a number, like when I didn't get my number, I still performed because I'm a professional and I'm going to do my job. But if you can get that, like I always get that settled beforehand. That's something that I, I don't, I talk about that right up front. Hey, Number 30. I got number 30. I don't, I don't want no slip-ups. And so, you know, I don't know how they're moving forward with this. It sounds like this retirement jersey thing is uh, something that's seriously being considered. And so if that is if that is the case, then you, you got to respect it and get a new number. But if that's not the case, then I don't see a reason why it's even something to talk about. Yeah. I, I did not expect us to get, you know, 10 minutes into that conversation. But it was oh, a good man. conversation, hey. you know. It's Man, um, <laughs> I'm telling you, that was hey, listen. I heard I was watching the interview with D Wade and uh Chris Paul one time, and they was talking about uh Chris Paul was talking about man, one of the reasons I didn't consider coming there because I I wear number three, and D Wade was like, You weren't gonna wear number three if you came here. Like, I heard him joking, <laughs> laughing, it was joking, but D Wade was serious, like, he, he wasn't giving up the tray. And you know, Chris Paul is CP3, so it was like that was a serious thing, <laughs> yeah, CP2 or CP. TP4 that doesn't have the same ring that to was, it, you know? Yeah, and, and then D-Wade, like, his nickname is Trey. Like, the yeah. people who play down there, we call him Trey. Could you imagine calling D-Wade something else? No. Yeah. <laughs> <I it's>, could. <laughs> and you hear the stories about guys paying money or, you know, giving things up for someone to change their number. and uh, Absolutely. That's a real thing. Absolutely, that's a real thing. We'll, we'll see. I, I I bet, like you know, you said it's it's probably something that's already been agreed upon. Just because it's not on the Heat store website doesn't mean that you know we're we're not waiting for Crazy Andy to drop this. You know, he's, he's somebody else that knows this information. Kyle, I'm sure, isn't wondering what number he's going to wear, but it's not right. public knowledge yet. And so you know, we'll see what happens. And similar to that, we'll see what happens with uh, another big story that's been playing out over the last really few weeks, but especially over the last 48 hours and. It's hitting home here in Philadelphia, and that's Ben Simmons. And um, basically came out and said that he does not want to play for the Philadelphia 76ers or, you know, it was it was spoken through someone else that he said that. And uh, Joel Embiid came out today and made some comments, some of them in support of Ben, saying basically that, you know, we play well together. We've won games. He's a very good player. And, you know, it's it's interesting to see what's going to play out because they were the number one seed in the East last year. So what have you – you know, kind of observed about this and how do you feel about the situation that's playing out in Philadelphia? If it is true that he did say that, because you never know some of these reports, but if he did say that he wants out or his representation said that, you know, he wants out, I think it's unfortunate because they are, they are the two, they're two of the top, you know, young guys in the league. And not that they're young, they are young, but what I mean by young is they're not, they're not 30 years old or anything like that. Like they're in their mid twenties. And so they have a lot of potential to, you know, really do some things in this league. Like you said, they were number one seed. And even though Ben had a tough playoff, 
you know, he's still a, a very, you know, good player and, and a high level player for what he, what he's good at. You know, he's a high level defender. He's a high level assister. He's high level in transition, you know, so that's a lot, you know, that brings a lot of value. And so for him to say he wants out, he, he, he must really be in his feelings. He must really be upset. You know, he must really want to, you know, grow and have a fresh start. And if that's what he wants, then, you know, there's ways to go about it. And sometimes you have to force your way out. You know, I don't necessarily agree with that way all the time, but sometimes, you, you know, you have to do what you have to do. And as a Philadelphia person, if I were them, you know, you don't want anybody disgruntled on your roster, especially not your high level players that you're going to have to depend on. You know, they have championship aspirations and you can't have your point guard not wanting to be there. So I think they got to get something done. Yeah, I agree. I, I think both sides really need to change. I think the team in Philadelphia, you know, he's a high level player, but I think there's it's a time for a change because of the way that things have played out, especially in the playoffs. But for Ben, you know, he's very talented. He's still very young. He has limitations in, in a certain area, but he does basically everything else very well. So, you know, if you get him on a different team, he's still, a, he's a number one pick, you know, the potential is there. He's a huge point guard. He may play a different position. He may, you know, be able to develop into a shooter, you know, or, or not a, not a shooter, but at least a competent player in terms of that skill. So, you know, the, the teams that have been mentioned is basically the California teams. Um, I, I don't know how many roster spots the Lakers have, so I'm not going to maybe discuss them because it, it feels like they have about 35 guys on the roster at this point. But, mm -hmm. you know, the Golden State Warriors, he he kind of has a feel of that Draymond, you know, where he can facilitate. Draymond doesn't shoot it very well. Great defender. I think Ben, they're comparable, but, but they're different in a way. Yeah, but Draymond, at least he has shoot it, though. Yeah, he may not make it, but he's still a threat out there, though. And and you look at you know Sacramento. I mean, people they talk about De'Aaron Fox or, or Tyrese Halliburton, but I don't know if if the value of Ben at this point, especially with a a trade demand, garners guys like that. So now you're talking maybe like a Buddy Heald, and you know Philadelphia when they're looking to trade, they're looking to continue to contend. Like they're not looking to go down for two or three years and build this back up and then try to win, you know, in 2025. So they have right. to get that guys that can win now. I don't know, man. It's, it's so hard because they, you know, the, the value of Ben Simmons is certainly more than I think what most people perceive it to be because of the way that he kind of gets slandered on social media and people that maybe don't know as much about basketball as, you know, the experts in the front offices, but somewhere he has value and I think he's just a weird guy that has to have a certain fit around him to make it work you know not everybody can fit on every team and he's one of those unique guys right well I think I think we had unreasonable expectations for for him honestly you know everyone you know was saying he's they always would say oh he's a jump shot away from being like LeBron James and stuff like that and I never thought that of him I never thought that but a lot of people really thought that thought he was like going to be like a LeBron James type of player and you know I you, when you have reasonable expectations for him then you have you know reasonable when things happen you can have reasonable results and so you know I think he can fit just about on any team it's just a matter of what role you want him to play you're talking about him being a number one or two option on the team then yeah you have to set the team up a certain way but you know scoring or shooting is not his thing and that's okay you don't have to be a great shooter to be a, a great NBA player, especially when you can defend and rebound for your position and or multiple positions and assist the ball. 
you don't have to be able to shoot. You know, this whole idea that you have to be able to shoot. No, you don't. You know, no one's asking him to score 25, 30 points a game. So, no, he don't have to shoot. He just has to be really good at what he does and be a better free throw shooter. Now, the free throw shooting, that's that's different. But I don't think he has to be a great shooter. I just think you have to kind of keep your expectations reasonable. He is what he is. He's a defender. He's a distributor. He's a transition and, you know, athletic player. That's what he is. Yeah, 25 years old. I, I just was looking that up as you were talking. 25 years old, you know, with his experience in the league because he came in so young. Right. He still averaged 14 points a game last year with seven rebounds and seven assists. So, you know, yeah. it, it's the, he can he cannot shoot the ball. But like you said, 50 or actually 61% from the free throw line, if you get that up into the – into the 80s just 70, or just 70, be 70s, 70, I mean, just get to 70 yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 one of those interesting things i don't i, I think it's going to get played out before training camp because if not it's going to get ugly where he may not show up and then you know his value gets tanked even more you kind of have that james harden situation that you had at the beginning of last season for the houston rockets so but he he don't have the same leverage as james harden though, no, james no, no, harden no. had an mvp in his resume he had yeah. multiple time like you know he got He's a whole different caliber of player than James Harden. So he don't have that leverage like that to be able to do that. And no player is going to get out there and play bad because then you, you're just lowering your own value. And so, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But I don't believe he has the same leverage James Harden has. I can just tell you from being here in Philadelphia, if he shows up in training camp, shows up the first day of uh, the opening night game, the, the fans here. I know that's you don't always make decisions on fans, but. It is a tough sports city, a tough basketball city, and and I'm not a Philadelphia 76ers fan, but I know a lot of them. I listen to the sports talk radio when I'm driving to work and stuff, and it is it's tough out here for him. It's not an easy city to play in, and and they've definitely turned on him, unfortunately. I get that, but hey, listen, this is the profession we signed up for, and mm-hmm. you know he, he's not the first person that would have gone through that. And guess what? You get out there, you play well. Guess what happened? All would be forgiven. Yep, and that's one of the things Joel Embiid tweeted today. He said, you know, a couple years ago, everybody hated me. They were calling me fat. They were telling me I was out of shape. I didn't work hard enough, blah, 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 blah. And he was an almost an MVP candidate, you know, right there until he got hurt this year. So it's it's yep. true. It can turn around very quick. That's how sports work. Um, Absolutely. Let's, let's transition to this last part. We had a, you know, kind of a prompt segment last week where we talked about some of your memories from playing with the Heat. And I wanted to touch on two different games that were brought up. The first one is – in your fourth year was your final season with the Heat, so October 2014, uh, opening night against the Wizards. You started that game. You had your career high in a Heat uniform, 23 points, three rebounds, two assists against the Washington Wizards. What do you remember from that night? Oh, man, I remember that night. Um, first game, for, uh, first time, you know, starting the season opener. I was, I was excited to prove myself, prove my worth that season. Um, worked very hard to, to get in great shape so that I can, you know, possibly be a starter. You know, I knew I had a chance to be a starter. And so, you know, I, that whole summer I had, you know, worked, took my workouts to a whole nother level. And so that game, I got off to a really good start. Once I got off to a good start, I was like, oh, man, I feel good tonight. And as it kept going, it kept going. I was like, this could be a special night. And I looked up. Third quarter, I got 20 points. And I'm like, man, I'm like, this night is unbelievable. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> obviously, in the fourth quarter, you know, um, I didn't play that much in the fourth quarter until the end of the fourth. You know, coach's decision, you know, he was, I don't know, he was trying different things or whatever. You know, that ain't my call. But I ended up getting back in the fourth. I'm like, man, if I can get, you know, 
get one more bucket in there, you know, to steal the game because the game was a they was trying to come back a little bit, but I think we kind of had control of the game. And I was just like, I want to make one or two more plays, and I ended up making another play, and I was like, boom! I kind of knew that was my career high, you know. So, you know, it was cool to had that experience as a starter. And that's opening night on the heels of back-to-back championships too. You know, when you think about that, you were you were going for the three-peat that season. Obviously, we know how it played out. It didn't work out, but that's a that's that's a cool feeling, you know, to be the opening night starter on a back-to-back championship team. Yeah, well, you know, I just I was the type of guy that man, I like to take on the challenge, man. I like to take on the challenge. I always I never felt I was second fiddle to anybody. So I was like, if I get the opportunity, I just want to, you know, I just want to show. And that night, coach gave me a chance. And, you know, I just wanted to show him, show him and the team what I could do. And it was, that was a fun night. All right. We're going to move backwards in time back to your rookie year. So it's December 17th, 2011. It is the home opener, not the season opener, but the home opener, your rookie year against the Celtics. In that Mm. game, 20 points, four rebounds, four assists, three steals. So your second game in the league, home opener. That's a heck of a stat line for a young guy. Yeah. You know what? Like, I didn't – like, I was excited. Obviously, first home game, feeling the crowd. I was, like, very juiced. I was very excited. But I didn't really think that much of it because coming from college, that's what I used to do. You know, I averaged 20 points a game, you know, five rebounds, five assists. So that's kind of what I expected of myself, honestly. And so – it was the only the, the most exciting part was getting that interview with Craig Sager after the game, and <laughs> and hearing the and hearing the fans you know do the MVP chant. That was the most exciting part for me. The playing part was fun, you know. But I kind of you know, like I said, coming from college, that was like every game for me, and so it, it hadn't hit me that you know this is the NBA, this is different, you know. So you know, I, I kind of was expecting that from myself. But that interview with Craig Sager. Yo, I, I have watched that so many times as a kid, watched everybody get the interview, and, and I just was so happy, like a kid at the candy store, getting the interview with, with Craig, man. Blessings to his family, by the way. Yeah, that's, you know, he, he was he's a legendary. You know, the, the outfits that he would wear and the stuff that he would do on the sideline, he's one of those guys that just goes down in NBA history. And and there's a clip um, on YouTube, I'll have to send it to you, um, where you're at the free throw line. It's a TNT broadcast, as you mentioned. And the fans are yelling MVP, you know, doing the chant while you're at the free throw line after you're late in the game. And and that's it's wild. I mean, it just shows kind of the different level of focus and the confidence that you have to have to be a professional athlete. Because you say, you know, you were used to doing that at Cleveland State. But Norris, you're in your first home game in the NBA, second game overall. You're playing with greats, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, you know, on and on and on. Yeah, I know you were used to doing that in college, but now you're on like an unheard of scene. You're trying to get right. comfortable. You're trying to get acclimated, and you're just like, "Yeah, this is what I do." Like, it's easy for you to say, but like, that's a huge thing to you know for for the average person to understand how amazing that is to get that happening so quick. Yeah, man, it's it's about living in the moment. You know, any athlete that tell you, you know, you want to live in you when you when you enter that zone or that moment, you want to stay in it. And so you don't think about anything else. You stay locked right in into that zone. And if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. And, you know, part of part of what makes professional athletes different from, you know, well, we're all human beings. I don't want to overstep that. But what makes us different from, like, the, the average person maybe is the confidence level we have in our abilities, you know. If, if I didn't believe in myself the way that I, you know, did, I would have never made it to the NBA, you know. 
And there's plenty of other guys in the league in any sport professionally that if they didn't have that type of confidence, they would have never had the success that they had. And so, you know, I just wanted to live in the moment, believe in my abilities that God gave me and enjoy it. And I sure I enjoyed that interview with Craig Sager, man. That was that was so dope to me, bro. <laughs> that was and then to have Heat Nation with the chant. I kind of knew right then and there. I was like, man, I'm going to like it down here. Yeah, definitely like reliving that. If anybody that's listening, if you have any more ideas of, uh, you know, moments or games, I think this has been a cool way to look back at things, even if it goes back to Cleveland State days or if you know a, a story about Norris playing in high school or something, you know, let it let us know and we'll try to get it on the air and have Norris talk about it. Um, before we close up, Norris, college football starting tomorrow. Um, I know, you know, growing up in Ohio, you, you said you played football in high school. I think you said you were a quarterback. Uh, do you have a college football team that you root for? Absolutely. O-H-I-O, oh, the Buckeyes. Yes, sir. Tomorrow, right? Thursday against Minnesota, I believe, is who they open up with Thursday night. Yeah, I can't believe you asked me that, man. Yeah, Buckeyes well, all day, baby. Nah, I mean, I'm, I am I grew up in Ohio, but I, I grew up in Miami also. So I, when I was younger, I, I picked up all Miami teams. So I am a Miami Hurricanes fan. I was unfortunately at the Fiesta Bowl in 2003 when Ohio State beat them. So we yeah. won't get into that. It's okay. Hey, listen, it's okay, man. <laughs> Heat Nation, I love you guys. But, you know, at the, end the, at the end of the day, when it comes to the college football, I'm a Buckeye all day long. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll try to we'll try to infuse some football talk in here over the next few weeks. I know we're, we're a couple weeks away from NBA starting, so we'll, we'll talk some football a little bit too. But uh, for today's show, we're going to close it up. I'm going to let Norris close this out, and we'll see you guys next week. Man, another episode in the books, Heat Nation. We appreciate you. We love you. Make sure you hit the subscribe. Make sure you hit the likes. Make sure you send your comments in, what you like, what you want to hear us talk about. And until next week, we out! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.